Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them that Locked On sent you. Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listening to Locked On Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, February 12th, 2021, and the Red Wings lose again. I am your host, Detroit sports editor Nolan Bianchi. I'm flying solo today. Uh, Ethan's got a little bit of a life thing going on right now, so he uh, he was unable to make it. So you're stuck with me and only me again. But I would encourage you to stay because I have uh, quite a conspiracy theory that I would like to run by you guys. Uh, but first, I, I got to tell you, if you didn't check out yesterday's two-parter with Ted Coffin, it went up kind of late uh in the afternoon so go check that out it was a lot of fun if you've heard one of the ted talks before you know exactly how it went he came on we asked him a question or i asked him a question about the red rings and then within 30 seconds we were somehow talking about the 2013 lions uh it was a great time and i always love having ted on so i definitely uh would go check that out in the meantime though i have a conspiracy we're, we're gonna skip the post game poem today because i'm alone and sad uh, have we considered that the Red Wings power play is bad on purpose? And it sounds crazy. I know, but hear me out. The Red Wings don't want to mess up the tank, which makes a lot of sense. They have, uh, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Steve Eisenman has made it clear that their goal is to get through another rebuilding season. So they don't necessarily want to win a lot of games, but by the same token, you definitely like don't want to be as bad as last year, so you don't want to lose as many games either. That's why you saw all the uh, all the upgrades over the summer. You know, bringing in Stetcher, Merrill, Bobby Ryan, uh, Nemesnikov. You know, just just those little moves that kind of make your team marginally better and give your superstars and young or not superstars, but your your core competent NHL players to play with. So how do you accomplish two of those things at once? Well, you play a great five-on-five game, and then you completely flounder with the man advantage. And the Red Wings have done that so far this season. I mean, you look at their five-on-five numbers again today. Uh, there was there was a point where there was like two minutes left in the second period, and Nashville had 10 shots on goal. Detroit didn't only had like 14 at that point, but the fact of the matter was they were playing the defensive-minded game, and it was working. And we've seen it work so far this season. That has not been the problem. As a matter of fact, if I have one criticism of the Red Wings this season, it's that they're boring to watch in these close games because their goal is to make as little happen as possible. And I get that. Like, from a strategy standpoint, I really do. But then you look at the power play. And it literally, it seems worse than when they have the man advantage. The, their last, or I don't know if they were their last two power plays of the game. I think they were both in the third period, though. There was a two-on-one situation, and then they had another power play with like six minutes left. And there was a three-on-one situation, and Grace almost got scored on. 
And uh, it just it doesn't really make any sense to me. You have your best players out there on the ice. Like what is what is happening when they have an extra guy out there? Like I, it's at the point right now where I almost I'm almost against pulling the goalie with a minute left or with you know however many minutes left because I don't really know that having an extra guy out there is that effective. And like it sounds like a joke, but like also, eh. It might, it might, you might be better off rolling five on five than pull, than giving your guys or whatever the hell is going on in anybody's mind. It's not like they're lighting up the scoreboard five on five, but like the fact that they look worse, like consistently across the board, five on four than they do five on five is just mind boggling to me. So I do think it's on, it, it is on purpose. <laughs> that's, that's a message from the top down. Steve Eiserman, which is kind of brilliant when you think about it. Uh, anyways, I think I'm, I think I'm just gonna start running with that because uh, there's just no other way to really dig into it. Like it's just bad. It doesn't look good. The entries are terrible. There, there was one time uh, their zone entry was Phil Peronic taking a slap shot from his own blue line and hoping that his guy got to it first. That was his zone entry. He didn't. I don't remember who it was, but, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so bad across the board, uh, but we'll move on and, and we're not gonna, like, like, we're, you know, we gotta find new ways to talk about these things. Cause it was like, it was the defining thing of the game. Again, going over four on the power play and losing a one goal game, a heavily, you know, a pretty tight defensive game, at least until things started kind of opening up in the third period. What, what else do you want me to say? Um... Anthony Mantha looked a lot better tonight. He had uh, an assist. He got robbed on a goal by Pekka Rene. He was physical. He was uh, everything that he really just hadn't been before the benching. I thought he played a pretty good game in that second game against Florida the other night. So uh, Marcus Down is, is two solid performances in a row for him. And, uh, you know, when it comes to him showing, like, the thing is with him is, like, he's just big. So bad plays look really bad and good plays look really good. And I think that that might have a lot to do with people's feelings about Anthony Mantha because he made a play tonight in the third period where uh, he kind of like cut past it. I can't remember exactly how he did it, but he was like coming from the left side boards, enter the zone, got past a defenseman. He like got in all alone. And it was like, I talked about the, the, the magic mushroom from Mario Kart thing the other day. Like, that's what it looked like he had. Like, he was just like, just grew a little bit in size, got a little bit of speed, hit the jets, and uh, he looked like he was going to make a play. And that's and that's kind of how we define Anthony Math's brilliance, right? Is that like, that uh, whatever the best truck in the world is, whatever the fastest, most accelerating truck in the world is when Anthony Mantha's at his best that's what he looks like that's what Evgeny Malkin looks like when he's at his best and I, I always make those comparisons because they're they're two guys who are kind of in a very similar mold Malkin on a uh, much grander level being you know one of the bona fide best players in the game of hockey over the last 20 years um, but he gets those same criticism he Malkin gets the same criticism he doesn't look engaged he doesn't he looks lazy uh I think, you know, when you when you see the good plays by Mantha and you see how well or how he, he makes he makes simple plays, simple plays that look simple for him look extraordinary. And I think that that 
kind of works in reverse as well to where when he doesn't make a good play, it looks extra bad because, uh, you know, he was, he's tall and he was standing straight up in the air and you saw it like he, he, he had the headest or highest head, you know, out of all the Red Wings defenders. So you just, you know, we'll blame him. Uh, that's obviously much exaggeration to this, the, the full picture of Anthony Mantha, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Like you can tell by how good he looks when he's good, that there has to be an equal and opposite look when he's not good. So, uh, outside of that, I believe he had like nine shot attempts tonight. Uh, he made another play or so his assist in the first period, uh, he makes it, it was the play that we were looking for. He goes in to the offensive zone. He's all alone. There's three natural predators around. He makes a play on the puck. Doesn't necessarily get the play on it that he wants, but then he recorrells it. Robbie Fabry enters his own. He dishes it right to him. Fabry buries off the right post. It was beautiful. It was exactly what we've been looking for, uh, or, or exactly the type of like effort play that I think a lot of fans have been looking for. So that was nice. Um, I mentioned that that chance he had with three minutes to go, uh, and then he had that he had one where he entered the zone, passed to Larkin. Larkin kind of had a shot at it, chopped it towards the net. Larkin regains it. Mantha comes back around the net, uh, receives a perfect pass, and he uh, he just got stuffed by Rene. Like that was one of those like there's not much you can do. Anthony Mantha actually said like nice save after the fact. Cause it was a bona fide goal that Rene just made a great save on. So um, all in all good game from Anthony Mantha. The, the benching experiment so far has yielded pretty positive results. All right. I'm going to talk to you guys real quick about BetOnline.ag. Even though football season is over folks, there is still plenty of sports action around to bet on. There's like nine to 10 games a night on in the NHL these days. Same with the NBA. Uh, college basketball is in full swing. We're almost getting creeping towards uh, conference championships, the NCAA tournament, uh, maybe a little bit of college hockey mixed in there too. Whatever you know, you want to bet on, bet online's got it. And there's only one place that we trust, uh, and that is bet online. And even if you're not that big of a sports nut, you're, you're just like, you know, I like my Red Wings. But other than that, I got to say I'm into uh, reality TV or award shows or TV shows even. How I Met Your Mother. Bet Online covers that too. They got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That is a 50% deposit when you first sign up. It's a nice little welcome bonus with your first deposit. Promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And, of course, I also got to talk to you guys today about rockauto.com. Listen, folks, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's straight-up impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure pointless and often seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have, ac- or you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and in your pocket. I know for me personally, like that's the reason, the main reason why I don't like go to or, or bleep that Brian, uh, or like go to a mechanic shop, um, is because I'm like, I'm worried about, you know, feeling like a, uh, a loser. Cause I don't know anything about cars. And they ask me questions that I'm like embarrassed about. They're like, Hey, do you know, you didn't have any transmission fluid. And I'm like, what's transmission fluid. So, uh, <laughs> 
But all that has changed since I uh, started going to rockauto.com. I've become a, a DIY guy. I never thought in a million years that I would be a do-it-yourselfer, but guess what? Rockauto.com has made that possible. Also, my budget kind of enforced it. Uh, but that's a great thing about rockauto.com. They got parts for all budgets. Uh, and they got everything for your, from your classic to your daily driver. Whatever you need it, they got it. So just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get there, just write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Fender off gives him the business. And before we get into segment two, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we are. Time for some good news. Mark Stahl, Mark freaking Stahl, scored tonight. The Predators, they go up 2-1. Like I, I mentioned in that second period, the Red Wings did kind of low-key dominate. Uh, and then the Predators take a 2-1 lead with uh, like a minute and a half to go. And then wouldn't you know it, the Red Wings needed a hero, and guess who was that hero? It was Mark Stahl. He, with a beautiful back, <laughs> backhand, forehand, wrist shot from the top of the circle that just inexplicably beat Pekka Rene, who was very good tonight. I believe the Red Wings had 25 shots on goal, uh, 26 shots on goal. He made 24 saves, so he was very, very good tonight. But that one, that beat him. And I tell you what, there are not a lot of great moments in this Red Wings season so far. And there probably won't be a lot of great moments as this season goes on. I think this is going to be a moment that, like, Red Wings fans remember. There was something, that, like, he scored that first goal uh, a week ago off, like, that weird, you know, Troy Stetcher shot on goal that just kind of found its way to him and he, and he buried it. Never mind, uh, sorry, sidebar, never mind the fact that this is, like... <laughs> Mark Stahl should have another goal from a couple games ago when he drilled that one off the post. Mark Stahl should have three goals right now. Think about that. Alexi Lafreniere has one in 12 games and zero assists. Mark Stahl is far and away outproducing Alexi Lafreniere. That is something to hang your hat on. That is something to smile about on a Friday when you're heading into the weekend after another Red Wings loss. After a second straight Red Wings loss, possibly heading towards a third, possibly heading towards a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, who knows. But in three months, I guarantee you that if you were watching this game last night, you will remember the Mark Stahl goal. As a matter of fact, I think that's what that's what the Mark Stahl game... There, No, this is not the Mark Stahl, Stahl game. That is the Mark Stahl goal, though. There will be a point in this season... And I'm convinced of it now because we've seen him score twice. There will be a point in this season where he has, like, maybe, I don't want to say he's going to score two goals, but, like, he's going to have a night. He'll have, like, a goal and three assists. And it will be the Mark Stahl game. And it will be one of the most fun games the Red Wings play this season. This, this is all wishful thinking, by the way. But I'd like to think that these are the moments that we have to look forward to. In a couple months, we won't even remember the, the final score of this game. We will remember that unbelievable wrist shot that Mark Stahl let go from 40 feet that beat Pecorine's glove hand. Jeff Gorton's got to be sick watching this. I would be. 
If I knew that I replaced the prolific goal scoring of Mark Stahl with Jack Johnson, I would be furious. Granted, there are some cap things, and they didn't know they were going to lose D'Angelo, and Brennan Smith being out doesn't hurt it, uh, or doesn't help either. Jack Johnson's actually hurt right now, too. Uh, but nonetheless, that was a transaction that this team made over the offseason. Get rid of Mark Stahl. Bring in Jack Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. It's the little things, guys. Um, What else do we got to talk about? Bobby Ryan. Oh, Bobby Ryan. I was thinking about this during the game. Bobby Ryan is the... Well, first off, he had had an unbelievable, like, almost goal of the year candidate in the first period. He obviously didn't finish it. He hasn't scored in, like, nine or ten games. That's beside the point. Bobby Ryan is out there every single night creating being in the middle of the muck, like doing it all, going down, getting the pucks. Uh, They actually, they, (laughs) oh man, I wish I could remember the quote. They released like one of those uh, mic'd up things with him. And I find it funny whenever they do that for hockey, because it's literally, it just cuts out every two seconds because someone's saying the F word nearby. Um, He's, uh, he was like in the, he was mic'd up for one of the Tampa games. I think it was the second one. Uh, or maybe it was the first. I can't remember. Um, and he's like, "Hey, right here, right here, right here." And then uh, somebody turned it over, and he's like, "Oh, gee, not there." And <laughs> I just thought that. Uh, I I just wonder how how often that goes through the brains of the Red Wings players. Um, but anyways, Bobby Ryan, he's always in the mix. He is uh always in the media. Like not a day goes by, not a couple of days go by without Bobby Ryan in some way, shape, or form showing up in a pleasant way on my timeline, whether it's like a media thing or whatever it may be. Like, he's a great ambassador for the team, to the fans. He uh, seem, he's constantly engaging with referees. He actually he got really screwed on a penalty tonight that led to uh, Nashville scoring its first and only power play goal of the night. Uh, I've kind of been avoiding talking about that altogether because that, that was a real sore sticking point. It was like the 28th ranked power play versus the 30th ranked power play. And uh, Detroit's power play, first power play of the game, looked absolutely disgusting and not in a good way. And then Nashville comes out and immediately scores. So that was that was sucky. Uh, Bobby Ryan took the penalty. It wasn't much of a penalty. He tried to make a play for the puck. You know, Mickey Redmond was not a fan of the call. Obviously, neither was Bobby. But, like, you see this guy. He's constantly engaging with his teammates on the ice. He's constantly engaging with the referees on the ice. You'd have to think he's a well, well-respected guy across the league. Like, more respected than most people. Not just because of... Uh, you know what he's been through the player he used to be a former second overall pick but he just looks like the type of guy that like even a rivalry situation you're like you know what i hate i hate the red wings but that bobby ryan guy that guy's all right you know like i just i i really really enjoy and have enjoyed bobby ryan being on this team i think he's the type of player that should have gotten an a hindsight's 2020 if he comes out and he doesn't have any points and he looks as bad as Franz Nielsen has at times this season in the last, you know, they're getting they're getting roasted for it in the same exact way. So you can't, you know, I, I guess you don't all necessarily want to make that call without uh, seeing the level that his play is at. But, like, just from uh, an outsider's perspective, like, 
why doesn't that guy have an A? That's the type of veteran leadership that deserves an A. The guy that's out there, like, coaching people, talking to refs. And, like, I hear this thing about being good in the locker room. I have a hard time believing that Franz Nielsen is better in the locker room than Bobby Ryan. I just, I, I can't believe it. So, uh... That was something I wanted to bring up. Like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to crucify, you know, when when really nobody would have expected Bobby Ryan to have an A before the season started. But nonetheless, uh, they should really just pull a midseason switcheroo. I think it would be kind of cool. Um, we'll get to we'll, we'll wrap up this game in the third segment because you know I cannot send you guys into the weekend without talking to you guys about Built Bar. It's delicious, perhaps their best bar yet. Now I I know I've been riding high. On the lemon almond cheesecake. And believe me, that is their second best bar. But we got these ones in the mail today. I've already eaten two of them. They only gave me six. Uh, but when they're, when they're this good, you really can't make them last. And it is a coconut brownie chunk. If that doesn't make you salivate just hearing it. Uh, while you're on your way to work or while you're on your way home from work. Wherever you are. Then I got news for you. You don't know what taste buds are. They got dark chocolate, coconut, real brownie chunks. It just doesn't get any better than that. Here's the deal, folks. They only 150 calories. You get 15 grams of protein, and there's only 7 grams of sugar in the whole thing. Dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. And only 7 grams of sugar. I can't believe it. Bill Parr makes me have my Jerry Seinfeld voice. I love the candy bars. It's a brownie bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, it's a limited time flavor. Get it today, because it will be gone tomorrow. I'm telling you, folks, these things are going to go fast. They're going to go hot. They're going to go heavy. Uh, and when you go to BillBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get 20% off of your order to get yourself some coconut brownie chunk. That's promo code LOCKDOWN at BillBar.com. You know, guys, every Friday on Lockdown NHL, you can join Joe DiBiase of Lockdown Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Lockdown Oilers as they round up the biggest stories from the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have you have every angle covered of the league to close your week. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, third, uh, third something of the day here. We don't really have that much to wrap up, but here's something that I realized uh, as I was watching simultaneously. The Pistons and the Red Wings both started at eight tonight, and uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of hip to to Pistons Twitter a little bit, and uh, these guys, the the Pistons, have won like six games this year, but they've all <laughs> beat all of those wins i'm pretty sure have been over playoff teams so it's like this weird combination of like they beat all these good teams but they're not really that good the best worst team of all time i think they're like for a team with under a 250 winning percentage i saw this on twitter yesterday i wish i remember to tweet it out for a team with under 250 winning percentage they have the smallest average victory of loss out of any of those teams in, in nba history so they quite literally are the greatest, worst team of all time. I think that's pretty fascinating. But another thing I realized during that game, and while like all this stuff was going on, while Red Wings Twitter was burning to the ground over its lack of a power play, 
and Pistons Twitter, in a tie game, mind you, and Pistons Twitter, meanwhile, in the midst of a 20-point loss, is going absolutely bananas uh, over their star rookie center. And I, I just, the Red Wings have never really had that stage in their rebuild. And don't get me wrong, like the Pistons, they did it in kind of a weird way in, in a lot of ways. They've kind of been uh, not contending for like a decade now. Uh, so they, they have like a lot of, demons to exercise and i get that you know they're gonna get excited over things but uh just they they had three first round picks last year and two of them are killing it and they're just having a ball no matter what win lose whatever it may be and uh i kind of miss that i kind of want that what i what i miss really or i I don't even say that i miss this because i don't even know if like the the red wings have had this in their rebuilding stage like with the exception of the start to last season and then the close of 18 19 uh, are like those moments where you're like, you're getting excited on a regular basis. I like, I've been very, uh, I like live tweet the games, you know, I'm constantly tweeting out clips and stuff like that. The, the difference in the timeline at game nights now versus game two versus Carolina are drastic. People don't care. Like people have already checked out of this team. Like you clearly have. And if you're listening to a, a daily Red Wings podcast right now, and you're 23 minutes into uh, listening to me recap another loss, but I just found it interesting, uh, and I and I wonder if we will get to a point this year with the Red Wings where we are able to enjoy the losing because we see good things coming out of it long term. I don't I don't know if that's gonna be the case. Like if they if they keep losing in the ways that they are, and don't get me wrong. If my conspiracy theory holds up, which is the it's it's gonna go from conspiracy fear theory to fact in my head real quick about the Red Wings power play being intentionally bad, then maybe that's something that can help me uh, help you guys at home like get over this how frustrating this is. Uh, but other than that, like these losses are just going to continue to frustrate people. It's it's like boring to watch. If your team is bad they might as well be exciting. The Red Wings are neither. The Red Wings are boring and bad. And it sucks. And it, and it's taken a lot of the wind out of the fan base. And I've seen it just in the last three weeks, like, play itself out online. So uh, I, I just hope that we can get to a place again where we're having fun, where we're winning, you know, maybe not, you know, th- I would four out of every 10. Like, is that too much to ask for, for like the, the second half of the season at least? And it'll probably get worse all, for all intents and purposes, depending on what the, the trade deadline looks like. But uh, I just hope we can have some more, some of those moments as the season goes on, because I really think that the fan base does need that, or they are, you know, they're, they're going on like year four, year, year four of a rebuild. Like you can only ask fans to be patient for so long. I know there was a lot of, uh, a big, big, big mess to clean up. But uh, it just sucks when, when you got to go through something like this for this long. And it, it's a nature of the beast. It's a nature of, uh, or it's a result of them extending that playoff streak to 25 years. A playoff streak that we all loved was near and dear to our hearts. Even if some of us knew towards the end that it was pointless and we should just start the rebuild already, that didn't happen. And this is a result of that. The, the the result of the rebuild that the Red Wings, the type of rebuild that the Red Wings had to do is losing the fan base uh, almost completely until they're good again. Because I, I remember, like, 
I, like, even my dad would, like, watch, and be like, yeah, the Red Wings are kind of fun to watch us here. This was in 1819. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're not just, they're just not very good. And he's like, yeah, but they're still, like, exciting. And, like, that has all gone out the window. Philip Zadina, is that, like, that's that's the young guy that gets everybody excited? When Robbie Fabry does something good, that's exciting. When, obviously, one of the core guys do, like, that's exciting. Heronic. But, like, who else? And, I mean, like, the core guys, when the core guys do it, it's, like, good. They should be doing it. But, like, it's, like, Zadina and Hironic right now are the two guys, when they score, do something well, you're like, hell yeah, you're real fired up, you know. You don't get that when Nemestikov scores. You're happy for him. You're happy that the Red Wings got a goal. But you don't you don't get that sense of, like, oh, we're coming. Oh, people laughed at us for years, but we're coming. And, you know, I see that a lot with with the Pistons right now, and, and I get kind of jealous because I wish I was the Red Wings. And uh, hopefully they turn it around soon. They got Nashville again uh, on Saturday night. And then they got Chicago for uh, two games at home next week. So... I tell you what, if 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 they ride, if they drop the second game to Nashville and go into Monday against the Blackhawks, like on a three-game losing streak, I'm gonna be shaking in my boots. Like that's just not gonna be a fun time for anybody to like lose to go into the Blackhawks series like completely bruised and battered, and uh, especially when the Blackhawks are a team that we thought that the Red Wings could beat. That's that's gonna suck. That's gonna that's gonna be like one of those nerve wracking matchups where you're like, please just don't embarrass us. Please just don't embarrass us. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll be back on Monday. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us through these losses. Sticking with me through these nonsensical eleven forty five at night podcasts. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. I meant when I said tomorrow, I meant Monday. Thanks. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.